0: There has to be a superior being because this can't be happenstance.
1: Super normalized. I have Ron Mills, um, a native Clevelander residing in Columbus, Ohio. He is a former host of an internet paranormal uh, radio show and has always been interested in the weird, strange, and paranormal, which is right up our alley. Ron's tagline for the paranormal show was Doubt if you dare, but believe if you have the courage. Welcome to the show, Ron.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here.
1: So, yeah. I gotta ask you, Ron, do you prefer Ron or Ronnie?
0: Ron is fine.
1: Ron's fine. Okay, great. Okay. Okay, so uh, you've written a book. I'm going to start right there because, I mean, I've had a little look at that, and it looks very interesting and has some curious angles on it. Um, It's about angels and angelic contact. I'm Mm -hmm. all for angelic contact. I've actually worked with angels myself. I've had angelic experiences where they've saved me several times. Wow. So that's exactly what I've experienced. So tell us a little bit about your book and how it came about.
0: Uh, my book came about, um, I've had one experience that I know for sure. Yeah. And I was really, I was uh, driving, there's an intersection, it was uh, the light was green for me to go. And uh, <laughs> it sounds like I heard something in my ear that said, don't go. Yeah. And I started to pull off anyway, you know, just thinking unless to the radio or something. Yeah. And it was kind of screamed in my ear, don't go, and I put on the brake and a guy just blew through that intersection. I yeah. would have definitely been hit. Yeah. So <laughs> and um I've always been interested in the supernatural, even though I was a kid, yeah. UFOs, uh anything that had to do with the supernatural on the other side. Yeah. Um so I I was sort of between jobs and I wrote a book before because I was a social worker for 35 years and wrote a book before, Style of Substance Critical Analysis of African-American Teenage Subculture. And I wrote that in the time and the work I was in. So I was between and I said, I want to explore this whole angel thing um, because angels had, I got like a uh, the Book of Enoch and the Dead Sea Scrolls, and that gave me more information about angels, and I became more interested in it because as a child, I would hear about David slewing Goliath. Yeah, And, um, and I asked my minister when I was there in church, and I'm not related with any church now, I kind of asked him, hey, um, so Goliath was a giant. Where did he come from? And he told me, well, Giants was just walking around in those days. Because I guess he was one of those ministers who wouldn't pick up any other texts. So I said, but how'd they get here as a kid? I'm like, how did Giants get here and why they're not here today? And he was just like, oh, they were just back in that time. So I got older and as adults started looking, doing some information. And looking at the book, the apocryphers that they took out of the Bible. And so I looked up that, the book of Enoch, and I was like, oh, I've heard of Enoch in Genesis. And the begats, 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 begats. How come they don't mention him? So I start reading about that. And I start reading about the watchers. Watchers were supposed to come down and teach men certain things and look after them. And then they start teaching men things that they shouldn't have. And they start teaching they took they saw the the daughters of men and they took them for their own. And it was I guess the start of what we call the Nephilim. The giants said their offspring, have breed offspring, they were giants. Yeah. And that's who they were there then and I'm like, wow, there's this explains the giants. Yeah this explains the giants, the whole thing with the giants. And I was like, that, that is amazing. So I said, I guess my minister never picked up this book, you know, so it, and that started me into wondering about angels and how to interact with people. Cause I've heard different things, but angels are much more complicated than I thought once I started doing some research.
1: Right, right, right. So this this research that you did um, led you to write a book with. Uh, Are you with there? Or I know we
0: lost each other's
1: book. I'm. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Wow. Are you
0: there? Okay, I can hear you now.
1: Okay, I wonder what happened there because sometimes I, I've like I've actually heard this about other people on podcasts talking about angels and stuff. And as soon as you have, start talking about the uh, the fallen angels, <laughs> we have dropouts. So. You know, if you say the word Nephilim, it seems to be a bit of a trigger. I don't know why, but it seems to happen. Uh, so, your book has three stories in it, which are related to angels mm-hmm. and and uh, angelic contact. Do you do you want to go over a bit of a synopsis around those stories?
0: Well, uh, the book is kind of like. And it's a fictional story. Yes. There are three fictional stories, but it combined together with things I've heard and, and say how they would contact mm. people. Yeah. And uh, the first one is the because there's one. Of, I always wanted the angels come to anybody anywhere. Okay. So you know we don't hear certain stories. So maybe an African American. The first story was called the. Um, the Gift in the Gangster, because I work with youth all the time, and uh, and it's a story about angels interacting with these youth in a street gang. Yeah, and each person received the power to heal that they interacted with in the three stories and how mm-hmm. they handle. That power, you're given a power and responsibility. How you handle that power and how it changes your life. And in this one, you have a 17 year old kid that's uh, with a a vicious street gang, and all of a sudden, he receives the power to heal, mm. and he's a drug dealer, and how it changes his life and their act. Because once you're touched by angels, it changes your whole life.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Look, I had an experience with an angel uh, one time, uh, really similar to the story that you told. I was uh, riding on a motorbike and um, I was young, so obviously I was riding at uh, way too fast speeds on roads that I thought I knew really, really well. And it's around about midnight and it's raining and I overestimated uh, the corner that was ahead, forgetting that I was actually on another corner coming up and i hit it at way too fast speed and i i knew in that moment that there's no way i'm going to make this and i will definitely die and this voice popped into my head at that moment and said not yet and then my body was taken over for a moment and controlled the motorbike absolutely perfectly got me around the corner and then released me and i was totally i was sat, i just slowed down and thought about what just happened and went wait a minute that i don't know what that was <laughs> and i know i know now you know obviously it's an it was an angel and angelic contact um to make sure that um, i got through because there's more story to my life as yet um and i'm sure that a lot of other people go through that um now your story uh, that is about uh, a um, troubled man becoming a healer is an interesting story in that um that would be inspirational for people and I think uh-huh. that was the purpose of your writing that.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, um, It's it's how would angels connect in this day and age with human beings? And I've heard stories. One one time I was watching TV and it's just about angels. And I, I did a lot of research. I was watching TV and there's one guy and he's, he talked about his dealing with angels when he was in World War II. And he said he was sleeping in an old building with this unit they said we as we took land we'd sleep in old buildings for the night and they said well, this building i was in the past night and went back to, again there that night the unit and stuff and he said "It was a floor you know nobody was on it thought it was a perfect place place to lay down so he's going to go and lay down and stuff he said all of a sudden the captain appears to him and the door and said get your stuff you're moving out of here you can't stay here tonight And he said, "Uh, sir, but I've stayed here the last night. He said, get your stuff and get out. (laughs) And so he he was pissed off, got out of the building and stuff. Building was hit with a mortar overnight and exploded. And so, you know, the next day he goes back to his uh, lieutenant and says, hey, uh, that captain did me a favor, getting me out of there and stuff, you know. And he said, there's no captain. He said, you know, I'm there. I'm the ranking officer here. And he said, no, no, there's a captain. He said, I saw the bars and everything. He said, no, no, I'm the ranking officer. There's no captain here. Mm. And so whoever that was came at that time, disappeared. And, uh, and they, it, it tells me, you know, and I did my research, but it amazed me about angels. Not only they were made before when I started looking at stuff and text, they were made before us. Yes. Because they had to be, because in Genesis you hear them, in, in Genesis um, one uh, one twenty six you hear them is God say, "Let us make man." So I'm assuming, us is the angels with him. He had already made them,
1: right? You know, right with them.
0: But the amazing what? thing is they have free will. Yes. Yeah, so- and that intrigued me even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah said so you made us with free will and you also made these other beings with free will no you could and even, they could decide to be good or bad also
1: like men that's right that's right where I mean, you could even take it to, to the next degree and say that um our earlier ancestors may have been angelic <sighs> mm, taking it further back
0: uh, yeah that's another thought I do believe in reincarnation. So, yeah. you know, I do believe in reincarnation As I got older I'm kind of like eh. With religions I think You know My whole thought with religion is that Even though I grew up in a Christian church And everything was the fact that um, I think religion is so You can feel comfortable Thinking the same thing with a group Right But I I believe there's parts of it Every part of it A bit of it is a little bit uh, and for me, reincarnation had to be the thought for me because, you know, with well, the Catholic church say, you know, taking your life is a mortal sin, then how can somebody else take my life too? Or they're not taking my life because I don't have just one life and I choose to come down, and choose to do things and experience things. And I said, that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a uh, lot of sense to me too. There's a
1: there's a lot of lives that uh, make up this life, and uh, a lot of ancestors that uh, have come before us. And part uh-huh. of my part of, part of my personal gratitudes every night before I, I, I rest, I uh, I put it out there that I offer gratitude to all my ancestors and all my angelic ancestors for all they've been uh-huh. through and all they've experienced, so I can uh-huh. be here now. And um, that puts a good resonance into my life. I'm I'm, I'm certain of that. Ronnie, you've um, written that um, you know you've, uh, you believe there's aliens among us as well, um, and, uh, and that we've never been getting along in the universe. I mean, what do you mean by that?
0: Aliens, yeah. yeah. I cannot believe that. And some people think, still think, in this day and age, is just us. Oh, yeah. Just us alone. I mean, there's billions and billions of stars, and there's just us. And just us alone. And I said, and I get into arguments with people, and like, it can't possibly be just us. And why? God made us in a, his image. And I was like, um, that image might be, to me, it might be like the spirit that you can't see, the consciousness, the light, because I could never figure out what made people conscious mm-hmm. some people call it the soul the spirit can never figure out what made people conscious and made them exactly what they were because my father died but they they brought him back after worked on him for 25 minutes and they brought his body back but not him mm. and whatever it was in there that made him alive was gone and his body was operating and my sister was, was like well I think he's i think he's still alive and i said no they have him the the machines are making him breathe and everything i said look at him and carefully anything that was alive is gone it's like furniture right now <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know yeah and i yes. said there's that's that thing that makes you who you are and that spark that soul consciousness we, we doctors can't explain consciousness they can work on your body. There's no way to explain what makes you uniquely you and brings you to life. And I was trying to tell her that, and then then and thought said we let's see how he does without the machines. Yeah, you know, and if he's gonna if he's gonna come back or not. And that was my explanation. I said when I looked at him, I didn't feel he was in there anymore. Yeah, he wasn't right. in there. His body was still here. Yeah. And so <laughs> that whole thing is with me explaining. And, and when you're made in your own image and stuff, the image is that thing that makes you you, not necessarily the body. So there are a lot more, I think, species and, and, and different with all these planets, and stars. There has to be more different types of people.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I believe the government are hiding, it. it's hiding them from us. It, if you looked at you now, the biggest thing I work with my show again, of course, is that whole thing with Roswell. Yeah, you know, nineteen forty-seven. I be a clearer look at my notes here. It said nineteen forty-seven. You know, and uh, Mark Brassel's ranch. Mm-hmm. You know, a UFO landed. Um. <laughs> First, you had the U.S. government admit that, yeah, we cut, we we got a saucer, yeah. And I said, and then he said, somehow, you know, you got Jesse Marcel, uh, Major Jesse Marcel there, and he works with intelligence. He'll know the difference between a flying saucer and a weather balloon. Somehow, he works with Army intelligence, but he does not, and he's with the Air Force. Somehow, he doesn't know the difference. I said that was your first foray into how do we handle something actually landing? And they said, you know, and and they had to work through the whole thing. We can't tell people. (laughs) We can't tell people. And they said, we made a mistake. And then how do we handle the locals? The locals will be there before us. The -hmm. fire department, the police will be there before us. We have all these entities we have to handle. You know, they will be there before us looking through the wreckage and everything. And they also said not only did they found dead. Uh, I mean, not only did they find found debris, there was not of this world. So it was said too. They found bodies. Yes. Yeah. But why wouldn't they not tell us this? Why wouldn't they not tell us? You know, the aliens exist. NASA lies about things all the time. We catch them and lies. You know, they lie about things all the time. And yeah. and if if they don't exist. Why do men in black show up whenever you have a UFO experience? They show up. Right. They ask you questions. They yeah. they want to know everything <laughs> about it. What do you want to know about something that you say that doesn't exist? Yeah. You know, <laughs> why are you taking information, taking down notes, and everything you say it doesn't exist? So, they knew more than us. And but why would they hide it? Why would they hide it? There's different reasons I think. First of all, uh I think they've already contacted and talked to people on other planets. Somehow I think the governments in the world they decided um there could be two things that it that could be scary. Uh, one person said that um I think one of the famous scientists said we learn from we learn from the past. If people come from another land that visit you With superior technology does not turn out for the people, turn out good for the people they visit. (laughs) You know? Right,
1: yeah, yeah. We've we've seen that in the past (laughs) also.
0: But if they came to do good, there would be a fear also, too. If you came to do, if you're superior beings and they say, hey, we're here and we want to help you. Um, You got a problem with cancer, let's cure it for you. Let us do this, let us do that. Let's give you clean energy and stuff. Now, the people who are in charge of the planet are like, wait a minute. You're going to some better than fossil fuel? That's my money.
1: Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. That's
0: right. Uh, you yeah. keep that information. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I've gotten into fights with friends because they said my mom died of cancer. And I said, there's probably several cures for cancer already, but they're not going to release them. To so why? They'd have to close certain hospitals. Um They'd had to close treatment centers, hospitals around and stuff. It's a loss of money. And I said, think about the last thing that they cured, polio, mm. Jonas Hawk. They found out when they looked around and said, we put ourselves out of business. This is the worst business model ever. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> the money is in the medicine treating the symptoms. Exactly. So they said, that's the worst model ever. We, we can't never do that again. We treat the symptoms. And I said, and with big pharma and the money they're making, I said, they're never going to do that. If aliens came with miracle cures and everything and stuff, it it would not, even if they were friendly and wanted to give that to us, they would kind of like, I think our officials would hide it from us. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because we give the power to somebody else. Yeah. And we look up to those people with spare intelligence
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and and nobody wants to give up power.
1: That's true. That's very, very true. So circling back to your book, um, I thought I'd ask you some more questions around it. And uh, you've got three stories in the book and you've got them all linked. How are they linked?
0: Uh, The stories are connected through... um, a gentleman named Richard Scott telling three stories to his friend. So he yes. meets him at McDonald's. And he, he, last time he saw him, he thought, you know, personally that he would die of cancer. And he starts telling them these stories and telling them that angels are real. And, you know, and he tells them these stories about healers, modern day healers. And yes. I, I originally wrote the book and uh, I really wrote it. And it takes place in Cleveland, Ohio, 2009. But I originally wrote this book, and I think it was uh, uh, 2009. uh, But it was, um, and I kind of revamped it for uh, during COVID, Mm. which is weird because it was just like if anybody needs somebody to heal somebody, we got this pandemic going on. So I revised it a different co- co- cover, kind of brought up the date and everything and stuff. So um, I was thinking uh, because um, and one of the things that made me write the book is I would come home from work when I lived in Cleveland and stuff. And it was late night because I was working uh, this night shift uh, with uh, abused kids and everything. So I was working this night shift. I come home. Uh, early in the morning and there was to be this preacher on and this preacher on and he would um he would he would pretend to have the power to heal and if you send him his things he he had these healing cloths he put his hands in it and act like he would speak in tongues and I was like that is a bunch of crap and I'm thinking to myself but well, if what if people nowadays had the power to heal which we know that people do and i said they wouldn't do this and ask people for money and stuff because if you really had the power to instantaneously lay hands on somebody and heal t- them i was like you would probably be discreet about it because mm-hmm. people are to you you know and want you to always touch them you wouldn't put it out to like that and i would say how is it if you came to ordinary people and you gave them this power all sudden how would they react
1: Mm, true right right Mm. so
0: the first book was the gangster and the gift and i was like so what would happen because i work with these kids and i said there's a kid from street gang and everything just initiated and all of a sudden he's gotten this power to heal and i said how would it change his life and the um second book was called good intentions and Good Intentions was based on uh, what is it? Uh, the, the saying, the road, to, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yes. <laughs> right. And it's about a um, it's about a minister. His name is Reverend Lincoln Hightower. Uh, he was cured a long time. He was cured uh, when he was young. And of a disease that he had and it always stuck in his head and he would get the power to heal all of a sudden cuz he has an ailing church his small church congregation and a lot of people are getting sick so if, he if he had that power what would he do and sometimes you get what you want and it changes you for the worse <laughs> because <laughs> in this one there's a good man that turns on that puts him in the path with a with a cursed angel and that's one of the characters I wrote I I, tied, I gave him the name Amziel. and Amzeel is cursed because um also when we're talking about angels we know that angels have the ability to choose if they uh, free will they want to be good, they want to be evil they decide and stuff. So we know there was a war. There was a war raged in heaven and and revelations and stuff because the um, watchers were cast down because they, they didn't do like they should and stuff. And they were cast out of hell also, too. So we know. And the Bible tells us the Morning Star decided he would not um, be in the service of men. And when he decided that and everything, a third of heaven left with him also too. Mm. And so we know through free will uh, that happened. And my thing was, and it what if angel, since they had free will, decided I'm not gonna take sides in this battle. I'm just gonna wait for the winner and I'll decide, you know, who the winner will be and I'll join them. What would yeah. be his fate for not taking the side? Mm. And he, but so he has an unusual ability because angels have different abilities. Yes, um, yes, and, and purposes and abilities. His is uh, he's the angel of disease and pestilence. Right, and yeah, right. So Lincoln gets this gift, this great gift, and he's curing people, and it changes him. Probably into the minister, how the minister I saw that night would be. He starts to charge people and stuff. You know, when he's doing all these things, he's an honest, poor minister. He's doing all these great things. And then the money comes into play. Right. And it right. changes him and stuff. And I wondered how that would end for him. So I don't want to give that away. And the last one is um, Marlene. She's a abused mother with two small children. And mm. what if she was given the power to heal? How it would change her life, right? Uh, so I thought about all that stuff and combined it together and stuff. And I just said it would be interesting because angels there are three different types of angels. Well, for, for that, but they will give them. They gave them their power pass passed on their power. And you know, um, angels have abilities. They have abilities and they have purposes. Um the healing angel is Raphael, most of the doctors and everything, according to the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um he was tasked with the uh the um the whole thing about healing the earth because once the um once the watchers that uh chose and they go against God and do certain things and stuff. So he was saying because not only did Watchers take uh Wives, and they created the nephilim, the giants. And so, when they created these giants, and they're uh, they walking around the planet, and uh, they also decided, oh, we're going to teach them about things we shouldn't—astrology, uh, uh, things that of the heavens. Uh, teach them how to fashion weapons, things that they should not have taught them. Also, too,
1: right.
0: that they that they, they decided they would talk to and teach men certain things they weren't. so, And Enoch was supposed to speak for them because also the angel's ability is to find men through space and time. God sends you to find somebody and give them a message. You're supposed to be able to have that ability. Right. So they knew, who's going to talk for us? Enoch is a righteous man. He'll be able to talk for us to God because we know God as us, and soon he's going to send legions to take care of us. So right. he goes to make the case for the angels that we know in the book of Enoch. And he goes to make the case for the angels and God listens to him. And he was in the great prophets because he walked with God and God listens to him and says uh, he's already decided the fate of the watchers. Right, And, and, they say, yeah. and he said, yeah. And Enoch's wondering, what about their offspring? Their offspring is not eating the fat of the land, they're also eating, you know, men at this point. <laughs> so what about the offspring? He decides that the he said the offspring would be taken care of, because we know the begat that Enoch uh, is the great grandfather of Noah. Mm.
1: <laughs> so All the right. blood
0: comes in and the blood yeah. comes in and takes care, so it'll be taken care of the the offspring. So um, but we also know not all of them were killed because the story of David and Goliath. David fights Goliath. <laughs> How does so they're not all? And he was supposed to be nine over nine feet tall and have six fingers and six toes, right? Because uh, yes, from convorting with angels, and some people say red hair. Now, yeah. yeah. That's a, we that know that reported commonly. Yeah. We also yeah. know that um, people have found giant skulls. They find giant skulls, giant femurs. Archaeologists have found
1: them. Yes. But the
0: archaeological society is hidden it because true. it does not fit in with their narrative.
1: That's true. It wrecks the <laughs> history story.
0: Right, right. But uh, when the, Columbus has Indian mounds, big, mm. huge Indian mounds serpent building. They said, what in the big mounds? It said, it said, one time bodies were in them. <laughs> it said the Native Americans talked about, you know, bodies being in them and stuff. So they called them serpent mounds, giant, shaped like giant snakes. And they said, you know, they're huge burial for huge people in serpent mounds and stuff. So people know about it, but it's, it's hidden from us. And, you know, These finds and stuff, and they say, Oh, that's doctored up. You know, you found a huge giant skull, that's doctored up, a huge femur, that's doctored up. It doesn't doesn't fit in to their narratives. And of course, they have the power of your archaeological society. You're you're what the archaeological society is You want to be put out? You want to put this out here? (laughs) You want to be put out? You want to be destroyed? Your reputation destroyed? No. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's a lot of things hidden from us, and I don't even know half the reason why. Yeah, but I, I think we could take, we could live room. them. But essentially, that's what the book talks about. And uh, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it at book buyers, uh, if you look it up and Google it. But I, with my. When I've looked through history and i thought of all this stuff and when I had a show, I was like, this is just there's so much hidden from us. Yeah. And yeah. so much we don't know.
1: Right, right. So what was it like for you when you were um, hosting your paranormal podcast in the past? And um do you have any uh stories from that podcast that you'd like to share?
0: Yeah, was, you know what I I was wanted to have anybody and everybody on there. Excellent. <laughs> Anybody yeah. and everybody. It was like a kid in a candy store. There's a great show here, and in, uh, in the U.S. called uh, Coast to Coast AM.
1: Yeah, Coast to Coast.
0: Yeah, started by uh, Art Bell, and now George Nori has yeah. taken over from it and stuff. It's it's almost every almost every state in the middle of the night. He found an audience. At one time, he had a regular show, and I remember you said, "I'm going to do something different. Talk about different things." Interesting. And it could have killed him. It it's like a torch in the night. When I d- used to drive sometimes between Cleveland, uh, Cleveland and Columbus, which is almost like a three hour drive. Yeah, uh, it would that show would be on one radio and pick up on another one it says towards the night, he found this audience that truck drivers in the middle of the night, they're driving around, you know, yeah. and they would blow their horn and and it's, it, he talked about you know, cryptozoology, Nazi secrets, uh, angels, UFOs, just anything in the paranormal world. And there's a huge, huge audience. So huge. And I would get some of my guests from listening to that show and right. I would say uh, yeah I would listen because they put their yeah you know, put their websites on there so I get some of like, my guests from listening to that show and I was just fascinated by the whole thing if I couldn't sleep sometimes and uh, if I was working that shift overnight I'd listen to him and it's fascinating. and he had all these phone lines so if you are west of the Rockies call this this all this call this well and I couldn't get in it was like because yeah, I, I realized that <laughs> ship is a, a ship for people working, doctors, uh, firemen, EMTs. There are people, uh, people working all night at uh, hotels. There are people listening to that all night, so four hours, literally, you have the lines clogged up. You can't get in there. And I, uh, I remember this guy I was listening to, and he's told about his website. So, I'm going to go to his website in the middle of the night. I like to get him as a guest. So, I'm going in there and stuff. And he says, uh, It was, you're talking about UFOs over Washington. And the proof, you know, they're flying in airspace over Washington and stuff. And the jets couldn't do anything with them. So, I go in there, and type in, and he says, uh, Oh my God, you crashed my, my website in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the middle of the night, we literally crashed his website. Because I was like, I can't get in there for some reason. And that's how much I I wanted to be guest driven. I wanted Mm. my show to be dress given like that and stuff, and find people and talk about anything I could, you know,
1: right? Literally. When you were running the show, did you ever have any uh, unusual guests um, or stories that um, were so so amazing that you'd like to share? Uh,
0: Then. Fantastic stories. Fantastic (laughs) stories. There was this, I can't think of it, that talked about, I can't think of his name now, talked about the secret secret trip, the planet circle. And I talked about um, when they had found a UFO, they had found, uh, uh, during a crash, they found somebody a lock. Yeah. And I think it might have been with, uh, 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 Roswell. So it was contact. So they learned to contact or make contact with this being that stayed alive. and uh Literally, he was able to contact this planet where they were coming back to get him. And they talked with these aliens in another star system about a <laughs> about a what do you call it? You sent a group there and said, how about an exchange program? <laughs> we go to your planet. And they agreed to it because they came back for the body and that person was dead. And they said it was kind of this person that was on there Say it was akin to saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind at the end with the army going up there with their equipment going into the spaceship, the glasses and stuff. And they said, that really happened like that. Whoa. It says so. Yeah, it was mili- a group of military people, about thirteen of, them, mm. uh, thirteen or fourteen that were going to go with this exchange program and this star system with these beings. And they literally talked about it, and it came up. And they said, "Was it true?" It came up on a site because everything you're going to keep your mouth closed until you know your days are ending,
1: <laughs> and then you <laughs> yeah, really right. want to
0: tell the story. Yeah. And it's is this site that came up, they said that people were talking about they were part of an exchange program, military exchange program to this planet system. Right. And then this other guy was talking about it. Yeah, my father said he is part of this and people are going back and forth. And so somebody contacted somebody else and said, hey, this, this site and they haven't closed it down. I think these guys are alive. And this guy was connected with somebody who's an insider with the government and he looked at it, and he said, why are they talking about this? He didn't say it wasn't true, and he said, you sound like it's true, and he said, it is, but why are they talking about it? Where did <laughs> they get the information? Oh, wow. Right. And they talked about jumping through wormholes, and it took, to get to their planet, it took them about uh, several months, jumping through wormholes. Right, sure. And and they were light years away from us. And literally, when they got there, you know, and for some reason, our military took tanks and weapons. We didn't know why they took weapons. One person died on the way there because I, I read the book. One person died on the way there, and so these aliens, who they called evens, the decided they're going to take him apart, <laughs> this human being that died. So they they're Working on them, and they're kind of like, it sounds like the government. Let's get our guns and go on there and get that person back. And they said they apologized, they said their scientists were taking them apart on the way there. They said, Oh, we're sorry, you know, and stuff. And they say, Yeah, you, we want to give him a burial and stuff. And they say, Yeah, and they were kind of angry. And The, the Ebens told them and said, Well, you've taken our people apart. We'll see how you work too. Which was true. So yeah, it's he's, <laughs> he's dead. He's dead. You took our person apart. I mean, mm. we want to do the same thing. So you can't really get mad about the situation. Right. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and they said they stayed there um almost two years and came and came <clears throat> back, and one person stayed off, And they had two sons. Two Ooh. sons. And they said that. Other people from other planets and other systems were there, they would come through there constantly. It was kind of like an, an airport stop, you know, sort of and like, all these sort of like the,
1: the Singapore right. space,
0: right? <laughs> we're the only ones not connected. It was just fascinating. I said, I don't know if it's real or not, and based on that and stuff, and these people. It talked about this, and it was just very interesting. I think that was one of the most interesting guests, the person who wrote that book. And -hmm. it it was from that website where they got all the information. People talked about it. And I do believe that there was an exchange program.
1: Right. Well, it's certainly possible that it is happening, but maybe not exposed to the general public. So that would not be surprising because a lot of things aren't. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you've also uh, written a, a small novella called "Island Alien." Yes, what is that, what is that about?
0: Island Alien is. Uh, um, I was at Putin Bay, and here, Putin Bay is an island about a mile long. You take a boat and sit in. It's in uh, Lake Erie, Cleveland, Ohio. You take yep. a boat, which I did see. Uh, I did see a UFO over Lake Erie. Right. And when my kids were little, I'm sitting. I was we were flying kites. I take them out there to fly kites by the lake. So we're flying kites, but across on the other side of the lake, which is really things because they appear, perinuclear plant is across the other side of the lake. So they like to always hang around nuclear plants. You know, (laughs) UFOs. Yeah, so. we're getting our kites up, and it's getting really windy, and other people are flying their kites. So I said, we got to take them down. The kites are going to get tore up. It's getting really windy, by the way. So yeah. we're pulling in our kites and everything. And I said, there's a silver kite way up there. I was looking to see if anybody had it tethered. I said, it's going to get tore up. And it wasn't a kite. It was the bottom of some the silver triangle, and it started moving across the lake. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was a kite. Because their kites are kind of, kind of like triangle-shaped, but this started moving across the lake over repairing nuclear plant. And I said, I'll see you at home. Yeah. Out <laughs> in um, the day. You know? But So I thought there, I went vacationing, and I thought this would be a great place because it's like a little party aisle. Right. There are bed and breakfasts, and you can only ride around on bikes or uh, uh, um, golf carts on there because it's about a mile long. And it's a great place for adults, but really a bad place for kids. (laughs) Because in the summer, if you don't have nobody, you can go to the mainland and visit. Because they have a school there, a little police station and everything. But they don't have malls and everything. They got bars for adults to play in and stuff. So I said, it would suck to be a kid here. And I said, I did see a UFO here. And I was like, I'm going to. I'm gonna write a story about a novella, and it's like, and I said, and I, I wrote a novella about it, and um, I have a character in there that had a uh, a show that that's a kind of a father and son relationship. <laughs> Son's telling it, but his father had a radio show, a paranormal radio show about UFO contact, and who kid was embarrassed about it when he was growing up, but um. And it talks about a contact with an alien when he was little on that island and stuff. And I said, this would be a great place, this hit for a UFO to land. And uh, I thought about that, and I wrote that. And the reason I call it the cell phone tales, because some write some more stuff on it, and because a friend of mine said, I don't read stuff. I read stuff on my phone. I said, I can't see it. He said, I read stuff on my phone, on the way to work and everything, you know, on the bus. And I said... You should make something that the Kindle format that you can read on the way to work and stuff. So I said, yeah, I called it Cell Phone Tales and wrote that. So,
1: yeah, cool. Have you released that one yet? Or,
0: <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's there. It's only 99 cents.
1: Oh, yeah, cool. So that it's, on uh, yeah, it's on
0: Amazon it's too? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's only 99 cents. Okay. It's uh, 47 pages long. Maybe for okay. you to read on the way to work or something like that. Right,
1: right. Well, I'll I'll include all the links for your books in the um, uh, bottom of my show notes as well. Um, Now, one more question before we wind up for today. Do you see yourself in uh, any of the people that you have in your books?
0: I do in in, in, uh, an island alien. Kind of like the father that was, uh, he had his show. And the son was kind of embarrassed about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He had this. Uh, where people will call in and talk about the UFO experiences and everything and stuff. So in that, and I kind of people. Yeah, that's kind of the uh, me part of me. And I think it, and every character is a bit of me. But in that one, I said the most and stuff. I did have a person I knew when I wrote the uh, Good Intentions. And it was a minister I knew. He had a very small church. And he, you know, and he I always ran into him because he was down downtown with the kids being arrested and everything, helping them in the jails and stuff like that, going into homeless shelters. He was always there. And he was that he didn't have a big mega church, but yeah. he was working as hard as anybody with one. And he yeah. asked me one time when he read the book, he said, is that me? You know. <laughs> i said yeah parts of it
1: so <laughs> that's excellent that's <laughs> excellent wow that's cool that's cool okay so uh yeah your life is in your books you're in your books um and i, I think overall that um you've got a, a, a big heart with um all of your stories there and um how you want to help people and uh, maybe make them in contact with angels in some way in their own lives. And that's a huge thing, Ronnie. And I I really appreciate the time that we've shared here today. And um, yeah, if you have any messages that you'd like to put out there to people, um, I mean, we are all going through, right uh challenging times and um, you mm-hmm. know the last two, two or three years have been very challenging for a lot of us and we are going okay. into more challenging times and I I say that um, it looks like we're on the edge of apocalypse and apocalypse doesn't mean the end of everything. it just means the revealing of things as far as I'm concerned. Um, for you what, how would you tell help people to get through um, these challenging times? what's what good messages could you you know leave us all with um, and share to the world?
0: It's funny you should say that. That's when I said this book should come out, and I was like, I had to redo it and put it back out and stuff. I said the time because everybody needs a healing and uh, to believe that they can be healed and uh, things don't have to be how they are, and uh, that there is and I, I didn't know any religion, but I said there there is a creator. When people ask me and stuff, they say oh, you're Christian. I said no. Say you don't believe in God. I said no. It's logical to believe the superior being. And I said, this to get here where we are and how we are above all these other animals, there has to be a superior being. Because <laughs> I say we control our environment. I'm amazed every time I get in a plane and fly and it goes up in the air that somebody put all this together. I throw a rock in the ocean, it go it goes down in the ocean, but I'm on a ship a cruise ship that's huge in the size of a hotel and it's not sinking i'm amazed i said there has to be a superior being because this can't be happenstance
1: exactly exactly that's 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 it and uh that's a very good message to end on so i i appreciate your time ron and thank you so much for all you're sharing with us and um, getting through the tech difficulties as well. <laughs> and, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to um, uh, reading your book. I haven't read it myself yet, but um, I'm going to get mm-hmm. it there and 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 uh, and have a good read. But uh, thank, thank you so you. much for your time.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: All right. See you, Ron. Have a good uh, weekend. Bye. That was a uh, interesting um, interview with uh, Ron. Uh, we had some technical difficulties that we had to um, overcome, and uh, it all happened when we started talking about Nephilim and aliens and everything. And from my experience of listening to other podcasts and podcasters, that's not unusual. Um, but um, I'm um, a big advocate for working with angels, and I personally will um I, I actually contact angels in my in my everyday, um, and part of that everyday is saying prayers and uh, contacting the angel of the day, which is related to the planet of the day. And um, one of the ones, one of the prayers that I really like um, working with is the Seven Angels Prayer, for example. And um, yeah, I mean today is for me today is Saturday, so today is um, the angel Cassiel, and um, so I've I've already done a prayer to. Um, the, the planet of the day and the um, angel of the day and a uh, Candle as a part of my own personal practice to um, give thanks for what they provide in, in my life. And, um, yeah, I think these small things add up over time and offer for all of us a uh, bigger experience of life. And I think Ron is uh, attempting to bring and has brought into uh, the world with his books And um, he's sharing today um, even um, a different way of contact, which is uh, welcome for a lot of people, I would say, um, especially during these times. So um, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that uh, everyone has a really good uh, day, time, whatever you get up to. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Bye for now.